This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Big show today. Possibly the biggest show in the history of radio. And if you doubt me, you got to listen to all three hours of it. And then at the end, you'll have the ability to tell me I was wrong. But only if you listen to all three hours. We're kidding. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Great to have you with us today. The big fella out. He's on a travel day. Oh, okay. He's working his way to call a game this weekend. I'm not sure which one it is. So a little bit of travel, a little getaway day. So we go deep to the bullpen. Randy Scott. Deep. We find a hell of an arm in the bullpen. Yeah, deep is is uh, is a little pejorative. But yeah, no, thank you. It's good to be here uh, with my friends. Um, I don't want to go to the first guy sitting on the bench. That where, guy's just trying to get into the game. Where's he going? Where's Carlin going? Great it's somewhere call. fun? Probably somewhere, should have prepped that. Somewhere warm, maybe? Um, There's no H in that. A Texas A&M at Alabama, Saturday, 1130 a.m. on ESPN Radio. Stay at the Capstone down there. Go to five. If you're in Tuscaloosa, go to five. Restaurant in the main drag there. Guess how many things they have on the on the menu. Guess how many items. <laughs> Five. But they do them all amazingly. Amazingly well. You were so happy to get that out. But so a happy flesh to get the that size out. of your head. Yeah. Um, happy belated to your son Jack. Turns 11. Dude, Where do the years go? So old. You know Where what they, they say? They say, that the, they say that the days are long, but the years are short. Uh, yeah, no, he's 11. He's crazy. He calls me bruh. How old are your kids? You Seven and boys. five. Two boys. Do you get bruh yet? They are just under the impression I am the gimmick guy in WWE. I am there oh. for, for them to pin and to win their championships. <laughs> Put them over. Iron Mike Sharp. All the time. <laughs> Iron Mike Sharp. Um, are you dad or are you daddy still? Dad. Dad, yeah. Okay, you're dad. I'll be dad... Jo- I'm probably going to be Joe real soon here. They They'll don't... just go right to it. That's the thing. Not to get too maudlin or modern family on you, but they don't tell what kids need to get better at is telling us when these eras are over. Mm. They don't say, hey, dad, I'm done with daddy. You're dad now. It just suddenly happens. Uh, and then you're like, wait a minute. It's tough. Wait a second. Hold on. You I know? wasn't ready for that. You don't need me to, to kiss the skinned knee anymore? Like, you're good? <laughs> you're waving, waving me off? Like, come on. So, yeah, he's 11. He calls me bra, but he's awesome, dude. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Randy Scott mentioning uh, the end of an era. It was an end of an era last night in a big way as there is a new scoring champion in women's college basketball. Long rebound dug up by Gabby Marshall. Scoops a pass to Clark. Logo three. Got it. 22 is now number one. Caitlin Clark is the NCAA's all-time scoring leader in women's basketball history. Fitting a logo three. How much is there to love about this story? 49 points from Caitlin Clark, University of Iowa, last night as they defeat Michigan. 106-89. I got a lot of numbers on this page. 106-89. She needed eight points to tie Kelsey Plum, University of Washington, 2013-2017 to for the all-time record. She blew past it immediately. Here is Caitlin Clark with her own Holly Rowe after the game. Well, Holly, that was the only way to do it, so I had to. I told some of my teammates and my coaches, like, if I got a chance in transition, I'm going to launch one. And honestly, I didn't know if it was going to go in because it was, it was a deep one, but then it goes in and Coach Wooder calls timeout. And I'm just thankful to be surrounded by these people, this place. Um, I'm just so grateful, honestly. A logo three for the record. Yeah. Like, could you do it in more style? No, it's in fitting fashion, right? It was sort of a BOGO night as well because she has the 49, which is now the single game record for Iowa women's hoops, right? So she gets a program record. She also has the national record. So pull up from the logo, 
on a BOGO night, right? It's all just sort of, <laughs> it's all buy one, get one with the uh, with the records. Um, now, you know, you, you want to marinate in it. You want to celebrate her for what she's done. There's a macro conversation. There's a launching point here. But at least moving forward for her, I mean, Pete Maravich's all-time record is very much within her sights. And there are other milestones that she could cross. Because without getting too in the weeds and without belittling what she's done, because that is not the goal here. This show let's is just, the weeds. Well, but let's, We live in the weeds. Let's point out the ludicrous, like the insanity of the fact that they didn't, the NCAA didn't recognize women's basketball as an NCAA sport until the 80s. So what Lynette Woodard did at Kansas essentially doesn't count in the record books, although she was at Kansas and she has more points than Caitlin Clark moving forward. That is a record that Clark will break this season, as well as now set her sights on Pete Maravich as well. Incredible. So in the 80s, not recognizing women's sports or sacks in the NFL, as oh, you they, remember. Oh, okay. We didn't, didn't, we didn't start recording yeah. sacks until way late in the game, but that one we can all get behind. Yeah. The not recognizing the women's sports seems a bit odd that we're not keeping track of that. Clark is such box office. Like, oh, it, that's a great just, way to say she's it. She's so fun to watch. She is, and I think that was actually one of the nicknames. They played this tribute video at, at, at uh, Hawkeye Carver Arena, and one of our assistant coaches called her box office because, okay, the get-in price, if you just had like a a ticket package or whatever it was, 15 bucks face value to get into that game normally. Casual. It was over 400 on the secondary market, and it was packed to the gills. To put it in pro wrestling parlance, somebody said when she hit that logo three, they shot the they, they, they put the video out, it sounded like Stone Cold's glass breaking. <laughs> you know what I mean? It sounded yes. like that shattered glass and then the pop that came after that. Carlin said that when Iowa went to Rutgers, the get-in price was $500. Okay, yeah. Like, that's your literal definition of box office. Absolutely. The individual that when they come to your city, they sell out your arena, and the prices are higher than you would ever see for any other game because of how special this is. I mean, she drops 49 last night. On the way, um, sets the new school record for points in a game. No one one noticing that. Megan Gustafson, 48. See ya. That one's gone as well. Sorry, Megan. Sorry, Uh, Gusty. Yeah, Gusty. That one's out. I'm sure that might have been her. Yeah, that was her nickname. Um, 49. No, and she could. So the the, the chance last night as she was wrapping up with Holly Rowe on the court were one more year. One more year. She has another year of eligibility. She could come back and put this. Much to the dismay of the entire Big Ten. (laughs) Put this all-time record on an even higher shelf. I, the thought is she won't because the WNBA is there. She's yeah. the you know proverb, uh, presumed number one pick. But there's money in NIL as well. And do you want to continue to be box office the way she is? Or do you want to go test your... I think that's what's, what separates you and I from the elite athletes uh, is the fact that they do want to measure themselves against the best competition. Yeah, it's just that, one thing. That, one thing that separates well, and, us. You know, uh, range and legs and leaping ability <laughs> and youth. Talent. But yeah, like, so she, I, I presume she's going to go and test herself against the best in the world, and that would be at the WNBA, but she still could, you know, put this on an even, like we said, higher shelf. 49 points last night over Michigan in a 106-89 victory. Didn't cover the 18 and a half. No big deal. We moved past that. It's oh, not the end of the world. We're not focused beat. on it. Bad beat, though, at the end. Perhaps. That, perhaps. That last Oh, I watched every second of it. There you were, was a you were last, locked into this element of it. There was a last jumper by Michigan that was shot like a line drive, like a cannon. You're like, that's gonna that's gonna bounce the other end of the floor. It stuck. It sort of wedged between the backboard and the rim and just died and fell in. Uh, and that's what gave you the cover. Well, or, uh, or the loss. Bad beats with SVP yeah. and uh, Stanford Steve. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be in there tonight. Uh, 98 points shy now of Pistol Pete Maravich's all-time scoring record for college basketball, men or women. More on Caitlin Clark throughout the show, but we got a little bit of breaking news in the National Football League. Carlin versus Joe. Breaking news. 
Uh, okay, get ready for this one. Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is being suspended two games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing substances policy, league sources have told ESPN's Adam Schefter. The policy violation is related to him using a prescribed medication without having a valid therapeutic use exemption per sources. Stay with me here because I'm sure that we've all just, we're all processing this the same way. Yeah. Garoppolo is not going to appeal the two game suspension and he will now miss the first two games of the 2024 season wherever he ends up playing, but it no longer is expected to be in Las Vegas with the Raiders, according to sources. The Raiders are expected to release Garoppolo before the fifth day of the new league year in mid March when he would earn an $11.25 million roster bonus. A lot of anti-Garoppolo sentiment in those two paragraphs. Not a lot breaking his way there. No, no, you know, it's a shame because he's achieved no success on or off the field in his life. Um, I mean, I'm a Raider fan. Jeez. Yeah, what so, do you make of this as a Raider fan? How does you know, this land? Does this it even news, land? News to me. I, you know what? It's funny. It is funny to see him described as Raiders quarterback because for most of this last season, he was not that. And moving forward, the idea is that he's not going to be with the team. So that just sort of seeing Garoppolo and Raiders, oh, yeah. Yeah, we had that run, didn't we? Yeah. You know? So I, I I don't know, again, like how this happens to elite athletes who have to be so meticulous with what goes into their body. Not only, you know, because they're trying to achieve peak performance or whatever, but also so you avoid things like this. So it is kind of a, you know, one last Raidery move by him out the out the door, but I'm sure uh, he'll serve that suspension for another team down the road. It's like, <laughs> it's, on one hand, I, I, I agree with you. It's just you guys are so meticulous about how you condition yourselves, how you Thank take you. care of yourselves. Elite athletes? Yeah. Uh, elite athletes, not anybody in this room, so to speak. <laughs> um, but so how could you let something like that slip? Then on the other hand, it feels like this list is probably war and peace type length. It feels like it's hundreds, if not thousands, of pages. So stuff's gonna fall through the cracks. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the list of violators. You know what I mean? No, oh, no, no you no. mean the list of substances. like the list of things you're not yeah. allowed to take. It's like I'm drinking green tea right now, and some honey's in here. Perhaps this could get me in trouble. Yeah. I don't know. And how was the honey handled and whatever else? Like you're right. I mean, that you presume some level of like innocent until proven guilty here. But yeah. is it gonna, blood honey? Is, not, is it <laughs> is it unethical honey? Because if it is, we got a whole we, people will be lining up to protest later today. I don't know if there's such a thing he's, as blood honey. I think the fact that he's not fighting it is probably sort of an admission of like, all right, let's just move on with our move on with our regularly scheduled season. I wouldn't be surprised if he was on a daybed in Cabo when he got the news and it's like when I'm not fighting this. <laughs> it's just I can't believe you even called me with this nonsense. Call me when it's six games, yeah. not two. Yeah. Yeah, probably not alone on that daybed. <laughs> Back to the hardwood where it is going south very quickly for one team that went all the way in this year. He's Randy Scott, I'm Joe Fortenball and that's next ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, 
you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Williams ahead for Aldama, lobs for Zaire Williams, high into the night, and bringing down a two-handed jam. Alley-oop, Aldama to Zaire Williams, and the Grizzlies are dancing on the court while the Bucks head to the sidelines to find an answer. Call courtesy of 92.9 ESPN Memphis, your final score from Memphis last night. The Grizz 113, the Bucks 110. Yeah, it should sink in as a surprise, considering Milwaukee was a 14-and-a-half-point favorite against a Grizzlies team that is now 20-36 and 36 on the season. He's Randy Scott. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. NBA's All-Star Weekend starts tonight with the NBA Rising Stars game presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 9 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. What a mess for the Bucs to close out the first half of the season. Here's new head coach Doc Rivers on the disaster that happened in Memphis. First play, we gamble for the 50th time in the corner. Guy drives. Uh, we have to help leads to a three. We come back in this, on our set. Two guys forget what we're running. Then we miss the shot, and then nobody gets back. That's how we start out the third quarter. That tells you all you need to know about where our heads were. We had some guys here, and we had some guys in Cabo. Former ESPN teammate Doc Rivers, not yeah. happy. Not happy. No, but that last line is telling. Some guys were here. <laughs> some guys were in Cabo, which is where they will be come May if they keep playing like this. Yeah. Doc is banging his head against the wall. It's no longer a small sample size. You know what it is? It's enough of a sample size. We have 10 games under Doc Rivers, who was supposed to come in, right? Took over a team that was, what, 18 games over 500, something like that, 31-13? They were playing very well. Whatever it was. And he comes in. They've dropped 7-10. to 10. They are missing assignments defensively. They are forgetting what they're running offensively. Damian Lillard is shooting 29% from three since the, the, the turn to 2024. That is well below his season averages. He is there to do one thing, and that is score. They had to know, the Bucks did, Bucks Brass, Brain Trust, whatever it is, they had to know coming in, okay, we are losing Drew Holiday, one of the best on-ball defenders at his position in the league, and we are bringing in Damian Lillard, one of the oldest and worst defenders at his position in the league. We are going to get worse defensively. Probably not how they were selling it in the building. But, right, right. <laughs> it's <laughs> all right, everyone. Here's how we get really bad defensively. Uh, I don't think I want to make this trade. Well, it's Damian Lillard. <laughs> Buy your, your your Bucks bonus packs of tickets, right? But but they, they had to think that the, that the offense would outweigh you know the, the, the lapse in defense. It's not. It no. hasn't been that way. And now Doc is like, hold on a second. I, I thought I took over two elite scorers who were starting to gel and starting to play well together. And instead, he's still trying to make heads or tails of the lack of effort and lack of execution. 
And he's going to pay for one of those because Dame's not going anywhere and Giannis isn't going anywhere. 35 and 21 is the record at the break for the Bucks. Seems like a good record, but they're doing everything to convince you that they are not in a good spot right now. They are eight and a half back of the Celtics for the one seed in the Eastern Conference. That feels insurmountable between now and the end of the season with the way Boston is playing. They were a huge favorite in that game. Mailed it in last night. Game before that, play Miami. They're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite against the Heat. No Jimmy Butler. They lose that game outright by 23 by 26 points. They've had some stinkers. I'm looking at that. I'm like, that game was a 26-point game. And then right before that, oh, by the way, they beat Denver very casually. So they're able to beat the Nuggets. On their best nights, they can stack up with the best in the business, but they don't look good at all consistently. And when we get to the playoffs, that's all it's about is consistency. You got to win four of seven, and you got to do it four times in a row if you're going to win a title. They don't look like a team that can do anything like that. Maybe in the first round. But outside of that, I mean... What are the prospects right now? Right. The the East, you know, Joel Embiid's injury and probable loss for, for the rest of the season. I mean, I don't want to get too reckless, but things have opened up in the Eastern Conference, and there is time to figure this out. And you do want to say, fine, they're 10th in defensive efficiency since Doc took over, and that's an improvement. I get it. But it was a tremendous point from Landon, Landon Thomas on uh, on Twitter. He actually covers the Mavs, but he has some insight into Adrian Griffin, the now former Bucks head coach. And the idea was that Griffin wanted the Stars to have a little bit of accountability. And Doc comes in, and, and with Doc's pedigree and his ring and everything else, the idea was, okay, Doc's going to get these guys to be more accountable. And if this is accountability, uh, it's, it's lacking. And I think what we heard last night going into the break was not only a message to us in the media and to the fans, it was a message to his team that you guys were not here. You were already checked out. So enjoy the break, but you better come back ready to work. And we'll see if that happens because you can play the game of, hey, we got the whole second half to figure this out yeah. and gel. You had the whole first half to gel. And so far, we're seeing two superstars who are not quite on the same page, or at least the team isn't on the same page when they're relying on Giannis and on Dane. Lillard is shooting 42% from the field this year. That is his second worst shooting effort of the last eight seasons. He's shooting just, let me make sure I have it here, 34% from deep. Again, second worst in what appears to be his entire career, which goes all the way back to 2012-2013, scoring just 24 points per game, which is down from 32 last year, but that's going to happen when you're playing a young side. Giannis. So we're 56 games into this. Damian Lillard with the Bucks, 56 games. Drew Holiday, the man who was shipped out in that trade, went yeah. to Portland and then ended up with Boston. Oh, by the way, that's working out quite nice. Mm-hmm. Do you think Milwaukee's regretting this? Is Giannis regretting this? Uh, Giannis had to have signed off at some point, right, to get rid of, of Holiday and bring in Dame. If you're I think- doing business without consulting him, it's Probably not a great move. Yeah, well, yeah, you would well think I mean, you'd want him the way in, which is to say he had to have some proverbial stamp on Adrian Griffin being relieved of, of his coaching duties, right? And on Doc, <laughs> he said he was job. surprised. He was surprised by it. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe your franchise cornerstone is surprised. It's an interesting way of doing business. Uh, I mean, he's the only reason Thanasis is employed. Right. Like, but okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, how about Barkley's line last night? Thanasis has more job security than a Supreme Court judge. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, so <laughs> there was a, one of the broadcasters the other night is like, "All right, this game's over. Thanasis is checking in. <laughs> <laughs> He's the human victory cigar." Yeah. Um, I are they regretting it? No, because I think 
you could you could do the whole you know there's an off court benefit to proving as a mid market team which they still are that you can land a marquee free agent which they did you know they landed Dame Lillard they pried Dame Lillard out of Portland they didn't it wasn't a free agent they they had to trade to get him but so I I think there's a benefit to your franchise moving forward but at least in terms of what we have seen both in the win column and on the floor yeah I think they're 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 regretting or at least fully understanding what Drew Holiday brought to their franchise that they're just not getting from Dame Lillard, as marketable as he might be. He's Randy Scott. I'm Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Good friend of the show, Evan Cohen from Unsportsmanlike in the morning. He said this a couple days ago about the situation with Dame and the Bucks, and we've been sitting on it. Now's the perfect time to unload. I don't think it's inconceivable that Dame Lillard plays one season for the Bucks. I don't think that's inconceivable. I think it could be like, hey, you know what? This kind of didn't work for any of us here. We're going to go our separate ways. We're going to move you somewhere. How does that sound? One and done with Dame Lillard. Now think about that. Even if his numbers are down a bit this year, should all parties involved decide this isn't what we were looking for, you can still probably get a decent return trading Dame to whoever it may be down the line. So it's not like they're going to be stuck with the contract like uh, Denver with Russell Wilson. The older he gets, the shorter the list of potential dance partners, trade partners yeah. becomes. You're right. The, the The contract is prohibitive. I mean, it is, it is an albatross. It is... 50, pushing $60 million at certain stages later in the contract, which, of course, is the older he gets. Um, you could, yeah, you, you could obtain some value here, but you're not going to get... Unfortunately, whatever you get back is going to be measured against Drew Holiday. It's going to be measured against what you gave up to get him. And I just don't think they're going to get a Drew Holiday-like return. You know, the sum is not always equal, right, to the... To, or the, the, the whole is not equal to the sum of the parts. You're, you're not going to get a Drew Holiday individual talent in return for Dame Lillard at this point. At the current moment, Minnesota, excuse me, Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. finds itself uh, a little bit better than expected here. As I look at defensive rating stats, they're 17th in defensive efficiency. This is important because of the 50 teams that have played in the last 25 NBA Finals. 25 Finals, two teams per year. 40 of those 50 teams finished the regular season top 10 in defensive efficiency. Like in the day and age we live in, with the NBA, your offense is your floor. We need to see what you can do defensively because everybody can score. Some of these offenses can put up ridiculous numbers. What can you do defensively? That's how you'll be measured in the postseason, and we've seen it time and time again. The defense is not measuring up. I don't know if I'm ready to say that this is a failure yet. It's 56 games. It feels like part of the problem here is us. We expect these things to work right away. We expect immediacy with this. And when Durant came over and joined the Warriors, it was pretty immediate. But for the most part, it doesn't work like that. Like last year, we saw all those guys move to Phoenix, and we thought, here we go. Phoenix is going to run away with it. Phoenix barely contended. They would have lost to the Paul George-less LA Clippers had Kawhi not gotten hurt. Right. Kawhi gets hurt. I mean, Kawhi was giving them the business. They were rocking them in that series. But what? Okay, but you mentioned that. So Phoenix has since had a new head coach. Yeah, right? the Bucks. They bring in their landmark, for, you know, superstar in Dame Lillard, right? So the Suns bring in KD. The next season, new coach. So, uh, the Bucks bring in Dame Lillard. Mid-season, new coach. What worked for Kevin Durant and the Warriors? Not only was Kevin Durant's level of buy-in, but he joined an established culture. It was on Durant to jump onto the moving treadmill and get himself up to speed, yeah. and he did flawlessly, beautifully. But they had superstars who were willing to take a few, you know, less shots per game to get him into that rhythm. I haven't watched enough basketball in Milwaukee to say that Giannis isn't deferring to Dame or Dame isn't deferring to Giannis. I've watched a little bit of Suns basketball to see you got three tremendous individual scorers 
who sometimes like to dribble the air out of the basket. Oh yeah, and 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 defensively, I don't think they're. Where you they can tell be. when it's going to be one of those. All right, this is my possession toward it. The- yeah. <laughs> like they just slow yeah. it down. Yeah. But but Booker's got this one. But the Warriors of that <laughs> of that run were some of the best. They were the best passing team outside of San Antonio in like the last yeah. two decades. So it was a little bit of a different thing. I think continuity, stability, and your culture. And right now, the Bucks are on their second coach and second culture here in this season alone. Very well said. I mentioned Russell Wilson. A little bit earlier in the segment. Russell Wilson. Is his NFL career actually over? Time in Denver is one thing. Career. Is it actually over? There's one expert who says it's not that crazy. You're going to hear that next. He's Randy Scott. I'm Joe Fortenball. And we've got this for you from our friends at Vivid Seats. Secure the seats and the memories this year from Vivid Seats, your home for every slam dunk, slap shot, and base steal. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards, you earn with every purchase. From buzzer beaters to walk-off home runs, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. versus Joe on ESPN Radio. I think the Cowboys kind of hope that San Francisco gets knocked off by somebody else. Yeah. I was watching some highlight the other day. I have no idea how it happened. I guess maybe it was an anniversary of a, an Olympic speed skating competition where it was like six guys on the short track. Yeah. Five of them are out in front battling for the whole thing and one guy's like half the rink behind them. But on the final turn, all five guys wipe each other out and yep. the sixth guy comes around and wins the gold because yep. he was so far back he avoided the car crash. That's the Dallas Cowboys. They're hoping that everybody else gets into the car crash and they can just pull right by. Yeah, pretty much. That's the Dallas Cowboys. And guess, guess what? It didn't work out. No. It didn't work out. No, it didn't. There wasn't a five-car pileup right in front of them. <laughs> Green Bay just kind of came in and took them out. He's Randy Scott. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. Around these parts, we get ready for a show at 12 Eastern. We kick around ideas, we have text threads, we have Google documents, and we have the show Get Up, we have First Take. We have so many different things happening throughout the course of the day. We're keeping our eye on it to hear what could be interesting, what could be something the people of this show would like to listen to. That brings me to Tim Hasselbeck. 
brother of Matt Hasselback, ESPN NFL analyst. He's on Get Up yesterday. They're talking about Russell Wilson. He says this. Listen, I think there's a chance Russell Wilson is out of football. Like, I'm not sure that there's definitely a landing spot for him. He's older. I think that it's fair to say that his game is diminished. I think in terms of, you know, the leadership component that you typically want from a veteran quarterback that comes in, I think it's fair to have questions about that. Woo! (laughs) So, I mean, I think we all figured he wouldn't be back in Denver, and I I don't know what gave it away. Sean Payton yelling at him on the sidelines every other week was probably part of it. The contract, the production, things of that nature, Randy. Yeah. But out of football. Could you see that happening? Uh, no, I can't. Uh, now, is he is Tim speaking to uh, you know Wilson's insistence on being a starting quarterback? Because I could see him not. Mm. You know, it's a game of musical chairs here. We know Geno Smith is back with the Seahawks. Like, and not that Russell was in danger of going back to Seattle. Although maybe the door was open now that Pete Carroll's gone. Um, but there are only so many chairs in the game, right? And once the music stops, you're out of a spot. I could see that potentially happening because you're right. Denver, no. Seattle, no. As a Raider fan, I've heard rumors, you know, linking him potentially to an opportunity in Las Vegas, especially now that Jimmy uh, Garoppolo is performance enhanced and suspended for a couple of games. Hold for applause. <laughs> uh, but, but like, you know, there are only so many spots. I could still see him. I could see him in Washington, you know, as as a mentor. Such an idiot. You know, it's like so well laid out. Then there's the idiotic combat. Then we're right back just, into it. And then we're back into <laughs> right it. Right back onto the highway. But, but like, I guess to turn it around on you, no, I cannot see him out of football. Could you see him, though, in a in a grooming spot, in a in a mentor spot, in a temporary, hey, you're the starter for possibly less than a season until Jaden Daniels gets up to speed. It's humbling. Or, or whomever. Very humbling I, can, for can a guy Mr. Who, Unlimited be that yeah, guy? Yeah, because that's the thing. From everything we understand about him, it was the multiple parking spots, the entourage, the office, the conducting of business in a way much different than everybody else. There was a lot that came with him. A lot of diva-esque Behavior from sure. what we were told, from what we understand. So, what team's going to want to sign up for that and not get the production? The thing that worries me: the year twenty twenty three, this past season, he averages six point nine yards per passing attempt. Now, some people might hear that and not be able to put it in the context. And why would you? You're not going to spend your life studying yards per attempt. You got better things to do. That's why we are here. Yards per attempt <laughs> is basically a measure of a quarterback's willingness and ability to throw the ball down the field. You want a high yards per attempt. It means you're taking shots down the field. It means you're connecting on big plays Mm -hmm. down the field. 6.9 below league average. In fact, it's the lowest of his entire career. The lowest of his entire career. So we're not really pushing the football down the field anymore for Russell Wilson. It's a lot of dink and dunk. It's not a lot of scrambling. Mm -hmm. And if your team looking to bring him in after Denver inevitably cuts him, it's not going to be – a big problem from a financial standpoint, but yeah. it's not going to be a long-term fix for anybody. No, you bring him in, I mean, because you're not on the hook for the contract. The contract is obscene. It's obscene. Good for, for this, him. I for mean, this he got season, that right. Yeah, he did. You know, and it's a guaranteed number. He got 124 mil at signing. It's amazing. It's a nice day. The total guaranteed is, what, 37 more million than that. So it, it there were some signs early on that Denver could move on from this, that they, it wasn't as prohibitive. Like the number in 2028, $50 million base salary, you just knew he wouldn't get that at age 40, right? So there's an out that kicks in two seasons from where we sit right now. But if they cut him before this coming season, you know, they'll take a little bit of a cap hit. Dead cap will be $85 million. That's incredible. But, but <laughs> except which again. That's a, that Walton money. They don't care. As a Raider <laughs> fan, it doesn't, doesn't bother me too much. But $17 <laughs> mil is a base salary and $10 million is a signing bonus. 
that's that's not the commander's problem. That's not the give me somebody somewhere else. Vegas, Minnesota. Let me ask you as, a, as a Raider maybe, fan, how does it feel to consistently have that position so unsettled? Not great, Bob. Always unsettled uh, in, in Vegas. Yeah. Even Derek Carr for 10 years, it was unsettled. I was happy. That was the thing. At least like you knew what Carr was and what he wasn't. You at least had that like quarterback box checked, even though it was checked in crayon. Right. And not even like a brand name crayon, like a restaurant crayon. It came in like a four right. pack. It's broken off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the Hydrox to the Oreo of crayons, you know, it's like one of those. And that's what Derek Carr was. But no, I mean like it is, it is crucial, you know, watching the Super Bowl. Uh, watching any playoff game and realizing if if a team was a contender, they just had stability at that position. Yeah, you know they knew the limitation. And it, just because you have stability doesn't mean you have elite no. quarterback play, but you at least know what you're getting week in and week out. And and for Russell, I think that probably drove Sean Payton crazy. You know, they, what, what do they say around here? Like, and you you've been here long enough, you've been on the air long enough. One of the things they say at ESPN is is people want to be able to trust you. The people who make show assignments, the people who have corner offices, make the schedules, negotiate the contracts, whatever else, they want to trust what they're going to get on their shows. Sean Payton wanted that at quarterback yeah. with Russell Wilson. Didn't have it. Didn't need very many games to realize, I don't trust this guy. And that's it. You know what trust? Trust is like a forest. Gary Streisk and I always talk about it. There we you go. can burn it down in a minute, but it takes forever to regrow. <laughs> You know, you earn trust, you earn trust in drops, but you lose it in buckets. You know, and that I mean? is why you set your alarm to get up to watch Sports Center Saturday mornings because it's stuff like that. Stuff like that you're going to get <laughs> post show press conferences. Yes. Two guys covered in sweat. You'd think it's a sporting event, it's not. They it's were not. really in an air conditioned, uh, gigantic, cavernous studio Massive. with everybody just flocking to them if there's any concerns whatsoever. Frosty. Just a frosty right. gym. <laughs> now, from, he's ready. He's got Joe Formal, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Uh, from Russell Wilson to the guy who replaced him in Seattle, Geno Smith. Options being picked up. Is he back with Seattle? Ryan Grubb, new Seahawks offensive coordinator, met with the media yesterday, had this to say. I think he's got good presence. Um, I've been impressed with, you know, his decision making. I I thought, you know, last year in 22, I think he led the league in completion percentage. I think that says a lot in this league when you talk about how hard those decisions are, number one, and then how tight the windows are. So to be productive at that level um, and be the best in the league at it, I think says a lot. I think he pushed over 65% last year. So it just shows that he's got the ability to be accurate and, you know, make good decisions. And that's what, you know, ultimately you need a guy that can lead, be smart, tough, and dependable and, and make good decisions. And I think Gino is more than capable of doing that. Gino only cost $22.3 million this season. We're in the two minute offense here. So very quickly. Yeah. Is he back with Seattle, or did they pick that up so they could trade him elsewhere? No, back with Seattle. You think so? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I think he's, he's, he's proven it with DK Metcalf, proven it with Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think they liked what they saw from their first-round draft pick at wide receiver, and I think that chemistry is coming from Geno. And all due respect to Drew Locke, I don't think it's coming from Locke. Maybe draft a quarterback to City year? A Penix, a Knicks, a J.J. McCarthy? Penix would be nice out there. Are they drafting high enough to get him? I think Penix probably goes top 15 picks. Field Yates thinks he could slide. No kidding. And I mean, that's all I'm I have right now. a great senior bowl. That's I, interesting. I, everything okay. I do is based on what Field Yates says <laughs> up until next week, and then it will all be based on what Mel Kuyper says. Right. And that's how I'll live my life until late May. Quarter mile at a time. <laughs> Quarter mile at a time. There's the idea of Russell Wilson being out of the NFL, as we just discussed. Then there's the idea Mike Tannenbaum suggested this morning that you have to hear. He's Randy Scott. I'm Joe Fortenball. That's coming up after I tell you about this from Granger, which starts like this. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have both the knowledge and the experience to answer all your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. They said, what? what? I have to believe one and one is three. I, I can't, I can't uh, operate where one and one is two. They said, what? Okay, Randy Scott, this is a perfect segment for you. Perfect segment. We're okay. going to fire off some reckless audio. Yes. And you can do whatever you want with it. Uh, really? Pretty, pretty, pretty much. Let's go. I'm going to imagine that professionally you'll be able to keep it within certain guidelines but then again we'll find out together we pushed some real boundaries yesterday i was doing play-by-play of tiger woods uh on a couple putts and i was quickly warned you can't do play-by-play i'm like we're live betting we're live betting <laughs> who's gonna get upset well everybody but that's neither here nor there here we go carlin versus joe presented by progressive insurance let's start right here mike tannenbaum good friend of the show espn nfl front office insider he's on get up today he suggests this potential nfl trade I'm trading Deshaun Watson and a second-round pick to the New York Giants for Daniel Jones. And hear me out. If you're the Cleveland Browns, you have Dorian Thompson-Robinson, you have Joe Flacco, and now a 27-year-old Daniel Jones who has one year left of guaranteed money for $36 million and an enormous amount of flexibility moving forward. And if you're the Giants, you're getting Deshaun Watson, who's 29 are you? Who's making $46 million a year for the next three years and a second round pick. And to me, you need a frontline difference making quarterback. Okay. Uh, perhaps we could have eased into the hot tub with something a little softer, but that's pretty aggressive right there. Yeah, that's jumping into 110 degrees yeah, right, right there. In. That's, uh, <laughs> that is, I don't see. Who I says love, no? I love Mike Tannenbaum. <laughs> Who says yes? Who says no here? <laughs> I don't think either side says yes. I love Mikey T, but that's, that's, um, that's a spicy meatball right there. That, well, if you're I don't, Cleveland, I, you can get out from under the Watson contract. So maybe there's some appeal there. And I believe Daniel Jones only has one year left on his deal. Only one year left to guarantee money. So you money. work through that and then you're done. But I that think could be somewhat appealing. If you're Cleveland, don't you want to see how it – how like you haven't seen how it could play yet. Like, Or have you seen everything you need to have see? You, have you really seen <laughs> – I mean, he was hurt and then he was hurt again? Like, yeah. Do you want to try to say, all right, no, we want to see this through? Or do you think, hey, he's always hurt and then – yeah, his ceiling's kind of low anyway. I, man, I, I get moving on from the deal. It is a poison pill. That contract is awful. But is Daniel Jones? I think okay. What's the joke? If Daniel Jones is the answer, you need to rethink the question. <laughs> like, I don't know. I and if you're New York, don't bring in Deshaun Watson. If he can't throw in Cleveland he, with actual Amari Cooper wide receivers, can he throw in New York with? Fill in the blank. Jalen Hyatt? Like, who's your guy? (laughs) Here's what I love about this is we try to assess Watson. It's like there was Watson playing in Cleveland, and then it didn't go that well, and he got hurt. You're like, all right, it hasn't been a lot of games. Maybe he'll find it. Yeah. And then Cleveland trotted out, like, nine quarterbacks in a row who aren't quarterbacks who all played well in all one football games. Joe Flacco stood up off a couch, brushed the potato chips off his shirt, and went to the playoffs. Yeah. And it's like, it seems like that offense is made for quarterbacks, I, except for Deshaun Watson. It was weird that Flacco would get away with at least a pick a game, right? Because the defense was that good, but Watson couldn't. Like, that was, <laughs> it was very, 
It was very strange. I I just don't see either side doing this. I don't see either side doing it. So. I almost happen, hope it happens so that we can all sit here and just go how. <laughs> and Tandem Mom's like, I told you, I told you this was gonna happen. <laughs> okay, all right. That wow. That we're out of the gate strong. What's the What's the next? A whole lot of handsomes next. Okay. A whole lot of handsome in the it. form of Double K Cliff Kingsbury, new Washington Commanders oh. offensive coordinator. Met the media. Everyone's very excited. He was asked what he looks for in a quarterback. What type of quarterback, like the ideal fit, the characteristics, the traits that you want to work with here in Washington? Uh, the Chiefs quarterback. That'd help. <laughs> Cliff opening with the joke. Um, fun fact, he did work with the Chiefs quarterback at Texas Tech. He didn't win any games with him. No, no, and he didn't win many with Kyler Murray either. Um <laughs> And which is why he's not a head coach anymore. It uh, always shocks me to see Mahomes and everyone's like, this guy, this guy's better than Brady. And I'm like, well, at Texas Tech, there wasn't a whole lot going on. I want to push back on him being handsome as well. Here, here's here's oh. here's the thing. Garoppolo, like, come on, objectively handsome. My That's wife not a subjective never thing. misses an opportunity to let me know that. Uh, that Garoppolo is That Garoppolo is just so good looking. Oh, okay. I'm like, I, 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 yeah. I'm aware. Water's wet. You yeah. know, like we're Thanks. we're all breathing oxygen. Like, it's obvious. The now, sun rises, the sun sets. Now like, you like football, yeah. huh? Now but you Kingsbury, like football. Kingsbury is, to me, the benefit of, like, press box syndrome, where you're graded on a curve based on those around you, right? So is he, like, the shiniest used car on the used car lot? Yeah, I think so. Like, you're going to win a, a, a looks contest against Bill Belichick? Like, congrats. Like, yeah. you're a handsome football coach. What does that even say? So I think he looks more well, – you know what? No, I don't, we're on radio. I don't need to dive into it. Right. As it pertains to, to Washington, I want to say this. I don't even think you need the take at this point. I firmly believe that he and Caleb Williams, because he is good with quarterbacks. Great with quarterbacks. Yeah. He is. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is. And I think he and Caleb – are a package deal. That's what I've heard out of USC. That's what I've heard was the plan going to the NFL. I think the fact that, that Cliff ended up somewhere in the top three picks within shouting distance of Caleb Williams, I just I think Washington makes a move to get to number one, and they take Caleb, and they pair him with Cliff, and I think they both absolutely take off. I think that is a tremendous pairing because I do think Cliff – can coach that position exceedingly well. I hope that if that happens, the Bears take it down to the last second on the clock on draft day. I don't want to know about that trade in three weeks. I want that trade happening on the podium right before the draft starts. Okay. All right. Tiger Woods lost quite a bit of money betting on him to shoot under par yesterday. Uh, If you saw what happened on 18, he was asked about it after the round. Take a listen. I'm not going to say the word, but on 18. Oh, I definitely. I shanked it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what happened there? And is that still a shock to the system for you when that happens? Well, my, my back was spasming in the last couple holes and I was locking up. So um, I came down and, and it, it didn't move. And I presented Hosel first and uh, shanked it. When's the last time you hit a shank, Tiger? I think you can remember. It's been a while. It's definitely been a while. Uh, other than trying to hit flop shots and other kind of weird shots around the greens, uh, not not from the position I was at. It feels like he's in a constant state of pain. Every time we're we're talking to him, it's just he's dealing yeah. with some sort of injury at this point. What would you? Uh, when, you know, one of the things we could bet on yesterday was a sub seventy round, right, or seventy and better, seventy or better, or under better? par because it's par seventy one. Par seventy one. Okay. Yeah. Would you Would you like on that? Did oh, you feel I, strongly either I bet way. The wrong side of it. I felt very strongly. Yeah. He just strikes me as someone who is so. Uh, volatile, so dangerous to bet on because he it, no longer is it. Will he play well? Will he not play well? Will he finish the round? Is very much in play, you yeah. know, like a D, like a withdraw, whatever a DNF, whatever it is, and and yeah, you just you. We we used to have Mark Schlereth uh, as an NFL analyst, still one of the sharpest football minds out there, and his line was always, "I don't know someone who used to have a bad back." 
You know what I mean? Once, <laughs> yeah. once you have it, it's just a, now. it's just a part of you, and like it's such a violent swing motion. He's so strong, still generates so much power, and it just it's it pains you as a golf fan to see him in pain. It was great to see him out there, regardless. We had it yeah. on. We were tracking it throughout the show yesterday. He birdied number one, and I just sat back. I'm like, I'm a genius. He's gonna shoot like six under. I can't <laughs> believe I didn't bet more money on this. And as I was patting myself on the back, one eighteenth into this round of golf, right? He promptly went bogey, bogey. And I stared up and I was like, well, perhaps I made an appropriate wager considering all the information I have at my disposal. Uh One under at the turn. We had a chance late. Congratulations to Evan and the handman who both just bet on how many birdies he would have. He had enough birdies yesterday. Did he really? What did he finish with birdie-wise? Do we have any idea? Four birdies, five bogeys. That works. Not for me. No, it pays. That's a score of 72, one over. Pays the ticket. (laughs) Despite popular belief, college basketball, it is, in fact, in very good hands. We're going to explain that next. He's Randy Scott. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.